Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Today, we live in a world that is full of people who think that faith and the gifts that God gives each one of us are irrelevant. In fact, many in today's society would probably go so far as to say that we no longer even need God. Those people are wrong. Every single one of our lives is an opportunity to show the world what it looks like when we dive into the gifts that we've been given and live as Christ, being his hands and feet to those around us. But what if you're struggling to see the gifts he's given you? No, I'm not talking about the gifts of relationships with family or friends or the gifts of a good job. All of those are beautiful things. But today, I'm talking about the charisms that Christ has placed on your heart and soul at the moment of your baptism. I'm talking about the gifts that he wants to use to transform you and the gifts that he wants to use to transform others around you. What would a world look like if we lived out those charisms to the fullest? Today, Jill Simon and I talk about why your charisms matter, how to discern the particular gifts that God has given you, and how to give back to others through those particular gifts. I loved this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it too. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sock Religious, an online mom and pop store started back in 2017. Check out Sock Religious and bring the faith to your workplace and spice up your Sunday best. If you purchase a pair or two of socks through the affiliate link that you'll find in today's show notes, you'll be supporting Letters to Women at no additional cost to you. Thanks so much for your support and enjoy the show. We're welcoming to the show Jill, the artist, designer, and blogger behind Pink Salt Riot, which is a gorgeous online store that's filled with jewelry and accessories, decor, and stationery that's all about spreading joy in a world sorely lacking it. Jill, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on. Thanks so much, Chloe. I'm so excited to be on with you today. So I got to know you really well through an online class that you offer called Branded Beauty, and it's this perfect course for anyone who owns a small business or blogs or works in ministry, and it helps you shift your focus off of what you think that your business needs to be and onto this potential that your business has to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world, and it's absolutely beautiful. So we're going to be talking today about how to discover your gifts and how to dream big and how to give back with those unique gifts that God's given you. But before we dive into that, Jill, could you tell us a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Absolutely. I've always been Catholic. My family is Catholic. My parents were just great examples of faith to me my whole life. Um, My dad entered the church shortly after he and my mom got married. And so he went through um, a conversion experience as an adult that really spurred um, both my parents, but especially my dad onto a lot of further learning because it wasn't something that had been just a part of his childhood. And so uh, he was always really trying to uh, learn a lot Um, about his faith and grow in his faith. My mom is a really prayerful woman and was a great example of just Christian motherhood to me throughout my life. She stayed home with me and just really, they both put so much effort into forming myself and my brothers well in our faith. And so uh, when the time came to go to college, I decided to go to Benedictine College, which is a wonderful Catholic university. And I was at a point in my faith where I really did believe it was true, but I had a lot of questions. And it was a really beautiful point to be at. And actually, um, something that the Catholic high school here in our town, they they say they strive to help their students give the church the benefit of the doubt, which is, I think, a really, really wonderful goal for working with young people where you don't want them to not question anything, but you want them to give the church the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, this is really hard for me to swallow, but I really do believe what the church is saying is true. And so I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt to learn more. And that's really where I was at when I went to Benedictine. So I walked into all of these 
these just phenomenal theology classes with these wonderful faculty. And really, it was a very kind of an almost an adversarial thing where I was like, okay, it's your personal responsibility to prove this to me because I just really am struggling with it. They really were able to answer my hard questions and help me see things in a much better way. And it was just a really concentrated time of of growing in my faith and also growing in my art. I uh, majored in theater and English there at Benedict. And so I wasn't like a theology major, but I did all of our required electives in theology. And I learned a lot while I was there and met my husband, who was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so I moved here um, when we were engaged, and then we got married uh, about seven years ago, and I've been here ever since. And um, for the last really th- um, two years, kind of in a concentrated way, I've been able to pursue a job, a business in this specifically Catholic niche, which has been just a huge gift. That's so beautiful. I love that you went to Benedictine. That's I'm here in Kansas City right now, so that's right down the street from me. Like I have friends who oh, in BC, yeah. yeah, people who I know who are missionaries of Benedictine. So it's just such a beautiful school, and there's so many beautiful stories that come out of people's time there. Absolutely, we have a very special place in our heart for Kansas City because that's where we dated, basically. Because everyone who's ever been there knows there's nothing in Atchison, so <laughs> we always ended up down the road. <laughs> you can only take too many dates to McDonald's or Walmart, and then after to- <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you run out of options. <laughs> so let's dig into a little bit more about the art that you worked on during your time in Benedictine. So you run Pink Salt Riot, and it's a company you mentioned before. So it really the products that you create help customers remember to practice joy in their daily life. So can you tell us a little bit about how Pink Salt Riot got started. Can you explain the name a little bit too? So I definitely never set out to start a business. That wasn't really um, what I was looking to do. I kind of um, fell backwards into it, which I think is really good because um, if I had started with that goal in mind, I think I would have been way too daunted by all the things that I didn't know (laughs) that I really do need to know <laughs> to run my company. But it was really it was really good that it happened this way because it was kind of just a slow, um, like, okay, now it's time to learn this, now it's time to learn this, which is which is really good for my artist brain. But in terms of how the company got started, when I first moved to Tulsa, um, when we were engaged, I had a college degree and found a job really fast and it was not a satisfying work experience. It was something that as time went on, I felt more and more was really borderline unethical. um, What I was being asked to do where it was kind of packaged in a way where it was like it was helping people. But as I came to understand more about the process, I realized that there was a lot of people that were being saddled with debt and things like that at this. um, It was actually a for profit educational institution that I was working at. It was a situation where they were educating students, but these students that we were um, recruiting were not in a good place to make good decisions and to, you know, really use the education well uh, for a lot of different reasons. And so I decided to leave my job there a lot sooner than I had expected to. And my husband was really the one that was like, you know, we just can't keep doing this. This is making you so uncomfortable in every way. And life's too short, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I quit just six months after I started and didn't really know what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to do something creative. But as I looked for jobs in the creative realm, it was really demoralizing. (laughs) And I continued looking for traditional work. But I also kind of resurrected a side business from my high school and college days. So I started a handmade brand that was really reading and travel based. And I did that really successfully for five years. I ended up opening retail stores and we did wholesale all over 
the world. And it was a really wonderful experience because it just grew very organically. And I had very sort of low expectations for it. It was really just kind of what I was doing while I was looking for a job. And uh, the job never materialized. And so it became what I did full time. Three years in, I realized that a lot of what I was doing could be applied to Catholic products, Christian products just as easily. And so I started just kind of a side project doing that really just sort of for local consumption. I wasn't really looking to grow something larger with that because I already had another company that was doing well. But then I had had it just kind of percolating on the side for a couple years. And then after Christmas, we had had a wonderful Christmas with my old handmade brand in 2016. And the Holy Spirit just really quietly was like, you're done now. I was like, all right. <laughs> like That's um, <laughs> terrifying, but sure. And so I had never made more than like $150 in a month with Pink Salt Riot prior to that point. And we were also at a point in our family life, we had two children where I really did need a part-time income, which yeah. I was very used to making with my other company. But my husband is really, really good at jumping when the Holy Spirit says to jump and he... God love him, just is not get as anxious about that as I do. <laughs> A lot of trust that I struggle with, but it, it ended up growing much, much faster than my previous company. And now we're just exactly at two years in of this sort of full-time experiment. And we've grown um, to a team of six women. We have an office space in Midtown here in Tulsa, and it's just been a really beautiful journey. That's incredible to see that grow, especially after that leap of trust. Wait, everything was going really well and you want me to do something completely different now? No, this is where I start to get comfortable. Absolutely. I knew I wanted a kind of a three-word formula. There is a uh, children's clothing brand here in Tulsa called Passive Juice Motel. It was just the most random thing, and I just thought it was so cool. I really wanted it to be symbolic. A lot of my background in art is also in poetry, and so I really like the idea of having words that are beautiful together, but then also have this deeper meaning. So I knew that I wanted it to be layered, and so I uh, started off with this idea of joy, because that had been a big part of our story kind of in starting the brand, talking about joy being sort of the third response to really the situation we find ourselves in in the world today. There, It feels a lot of times like we get forced into this sort of false dichotomy of feeling like we either have to be silent or we have to be angry loud. Those really aren't the only two options. There really is this third road of living the truth in joy. So pink is the liturgical color for joy. We're going to see it on the third Sunday of Advent. So that's what the pink comes from. And then salt is from the book of Matthew when Jesus is talking about encouraging us to be the salt of the earth. And I think as women, we really focus on women in our brand. It is really, truly joy that serves as that salt. It's rare and beautiful to be around truly joyful women. That's one of the beauties of interacting with nuns. A lot of the time yes. you think about just that pure joy. It's just like, wow. I'm not like that all the time. <laughs> That's really something we're reaching for because they are such a clear example to me of what pink salt riot means in my mind because riot then is that third component of community. When we are able to come together and live that way, it's much more sustainable. If you're trying to just be this island of happiness and joy in the midst of just the sludge, it can be really, really challenging to maintain that. I love that. I love the name. It's so memorable too. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so we each have charisms that we've been given that 
we can develop and learn more about and lean into that help us really in our ministry and in our work. Before we talk about how to discern charisms, for listeners who are like, what are you talking about? I have never heard of this phrase before. Can you tell us a little bit about what a charism is and then what the Catholic Church has to say about charisms? So I got really fired up about charisms initially in college when I discovered it. I was just like, why is not everyone not talking about this? This is the coolest thing. Because charisms are basically spiritual gifts that are given to us at our baptism. So the church teaches that all of us have at least one charism, all the baptized, I should say, have at least one charism that they've been given specifically by the Holy Spirit to build up the larger church. So that's kind of where you see a little bit of the difference between talents or aptitudes and charisms is because charisms are always outward focused. They're always something that is there to build up the larger church and not necessarily something that can be, you know, made in just just like a personal hobby or something, whereas like a athletic talent or something like that might be something that you play ultimate frisbee into your forties for fun sort of thing. A charism is going to be something that is a lot more focused on the community as a whole. I love that emphasis on the other as well. That's the true beauty of a charism is that it's found by giving it away or by using it in a way that benefits others and not just ourselves in kind of a selfish, self-promoting way. There are things too that really help us teach us how we are called to specifically be Christ because that is what we see in him and what we you know see in Christmas and then in Easter is just this gift of himself to us for what he can be to us. And that's the same thing in our charisms. You know, we just have these little much smaller ways in which we can give in the same way that Christ does. And so you have that example of being a full cup, but some of us are thimbles and some of the great saints and things like that are coffee cups and stuff like that, where we're all full, we can all be full, but that doesn't mean we're the same size. And so we follow Christ who is just this ocean. And we might be just a tiny thimble, but we can still give fully in our charisms. So how many charisms are there? And if you were to look at them, how are they organized? There's different ways of, and kind of different breakdowns, I should say, um, uh, depending on what uh, sources you use for your kind of evaluation. There's several different ones. The evaluation that I use with people, I use with my students and um, other people that I work with has 20 charisms that are specific, but there are also lists that have much more where they kind of deconstruct several of them into more. So on the assessment I use, there's one that's just creative ability, whereas some tests will break it down to written creative ability, musical creative ability, things like that, where it'll just kind of divide them up minutely. There's less categories of them and there's more kind of each of them is a large group in and of themselves. So there's not really like subcategories of charisms per se. For example, there's administrative charisms, evangelical charisms, healing, things like that, where they're each kind of a large umbrella in and of themselves. And then people definitely can niche down, can discern down within them kind of what the specific iteration of that charism looks like for them. When people think of the word charism, they may think of the word charismatic and think about the Holy Spirit. What's the difference between the charisms and the traditional gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit that we hear about, especially around confirmation time? Yeah, so the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit are something, well, the gifts obviously are things that the Holy Spirit desires to give freely to all of us. So we 
can all be given the gifts of the Holy Spirit in full, in total. Um, and then the fruits, of course, are what we're going to see kind of as the effect of the Holy Spirit being active in our lives. And again, those are something where kind of the full breath is available to everyone. The Holy Spirit desires for all of us to be filled with all of those. Charisms, on the other hand, are really just beautiful ways that God reaches down through time and specifically tells you something about what he desires from you, which is just really unique and beautiful because many things in our faith are the way that the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, where that's just accessible to everyone and the sacraments and things like that, where it's just kind of blanket available, which is obviously wonderful. But there's also always that question of kind of, okay, but where do I fit? And charisms really help us figure out where we fit because it is a very clear way that God communicates to us. This is some of the plans I have for you. Then we're able to find a lot of freedom and a lot of fulfillment in living those out. We should discern our charisms because God has something specifically that he has in mind for us for our life on earth. But what does that discernment process look like? How do we get from, okay, there are 20 charisms that I could have that God could have given me to these are the specific charisms that God's given me. And here's my game plan for how I'm going to live these charisms out in service to others. It's definitely a process. And like all things spiritual, anyone that's done, you know, Ignatian actions or anything like that, it's definitely not fully quantitative and just do some math and here's the answer sort of thing. (laughs) There's definitely the first step is definitely going through some kind of charism inventory. There's a good one that I'll have you pass on to you to link in your show notes if you like. It's a great starting point where you just kind of do take a test similar to you would take a personality test or a Myers-Briggs test or something like that and go through and select answers. And that'll come up with your list of things to then pray through. Typically, people will take away three to five from that sort of their top performing ones and then take those and pray with them, kind of go through an internal process of discernment where you sort of bring a short list to the Holy Spirit and say, help me. The other really, really important way to discern your charisms is to listen to what holy people tell you about yourself. It's almost funny. There is a charism that I'm running away from in my own life right now (laughs) that I know is one of mine that I don't want to (laughs) use because I'll have to practice and I don't like to practice. It is hilarious where the four or five most holy men in my life, several priests, several lay consecrated people will just not leave me alone about it. (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, It's always in a way where they are coming across something and say, wow, Jill, this is just such an opportunity. Why are you, you know, you should be doing this. I love seeing this from you. That is the Holy Spirit just constantly like nudging me in the ribs. (laughs) And so that is a really powerful thing too. A lot of times people will go through the numeric charism discernment and have their top three to five. And then that's my next step for a lot of people is to look at that list and say, what things off this list, when you see yourself living out, do people respond to really well and almost too well? This almost doesn't make sense how well (laughs) that this is working for people because I feel like I'm not doing it. And that's a huge, 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 huge indicator of a charism because at the end of the day, you're right. That's not you doing that. That's something that the Holy Spirit is, you know, supernaturally endowing in you to be able to bring forth 
more fruit. I love that. And I love how to, because these are gifts for others that of course they're going to be things that others pick up on and can see in your life, even when we're kind of blind to them, whether that's willingly blind or unintentionally blind to them too. So let's talk a little bit more about your story as well. So how have you seen your charisms affect your relationship with others, whether that's through your business or through your family? It has really, one of the one of the most game-changing charisms for me to really discern has been leadership because that's one of my primaries. Leadership, creative ability are kind of my two biggest ones. And encouragement is also a really high one for me. So those are sort of the three that I live in most of the time. In discerning that leadership was one of mine, there was really just sort of a newfound freedom because I think especially as a female in the church, feel like I hold the role that the secular culture cannot understand at all, where I consider myself a Catholic feminist, but I support, you know, a male priesthood and things like that. And a lot of people don't see how they fit together, which we know, you know, from the theology of the body, they do so well, and it's beautiful. But it's still hard, even in that, I think, to kind of figure out where does female leadership fit in the church. And then also, just as someone who has spent my life, just a lot of times being called intimidating or bossy or things like that, kind of those pejorative words that I think more often get used about women, figuring out how to sort of live leadership in a charismatic way where it's not me looking for power or me seeking to control things is something that I definitely do not have figured out yet. It's something that I know I'm called to, and I know it's going to be a part of my story of really, you know, eventually, God willing, becoming a saint, being with him in heaven is learning how to sort of wield this charism for leadership that he's given me. Specifically now in running a company, I'm now running a team. And so leadership is sort of an elevated part of my everyday life now. And I feel the weight of that where I have my team depending on me. But I also think, you know, there's going to be a a larger role for that to play at some point in my life. And I'm very excited to see what it's going to (laughs) be when it happens. Um, because I really do love to lead. And that's very much a part of the charism is something it's something that really does bring a huge amount of fulfillment when it's used. Oh, that's so great. One of the ways that I've seen that charism, you living out that charism has affected my own life has been with the branded beauty course. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, especially for women who are wanting to dive deeper into charisms after hearing this episode? Absolutely. Yeah. So branded beauty is really specifically for people that um, either already have some kind of business or ministry or blog or something like that, or feel like the Holy Spirit is really pulling them in that direction. Now, for someone that's a lay person that isn't interested in sort of going the business route, I think the charism inventory itself is just a really wonderful place to start. But I also think that the course for anyone that is interested in moving in more of a business direction, it provides a really valuable sort of mental framework more than anything else for uh, moving into that realm or to growing in that realm. Because a problem that I see a lot of times in faith-based small business is there's a strange brand of, I'm going to say like entitlement in it, where people are really trying to support their vocation. They're trying to be able to be a stay-at-home mom, to stay with their kids, or they're trying to support a family, something like that, where there's kind of a, people need to support me because I have to make this work. And there's, there's kind of a desperation and a scarcity and stuff about that. 
But I think that the Holy Spirit gives us a much stronger option where we can really build our business in trust, where we're not thinking about it with this fearful, you know, I need to make X dollars a month. And that doesn't stop being true. And it's okay if that's the case, but we can step out in trust of God using these charisms that he's given us and say, God, I'm going to use my life. I'm going to use my business to serve other people the way that Christ serves the church. And I'm going to trust for you to provide for us in that to meet our needs, whatever those needs might be. That's how I think you build a business that not only supports you and your family, but also really creates an impact on the world that it touches. That's just really a huge part of what the Christian life needs to look like in any age. But I think business is a wonderful tool, especially in this age, for changing our culture. That's so beautiful. I love how that changes to how even you look at your day. I work from home as a freelance writer. And so it's easy to say, okay, this is my rate per hour. This is how much money I've made in this day. It's not successful unless I've hit this dollar mark. But then after that course, being able to giving him every every minute, every project, and just being able to ask him, all right, where do you want, how do you want me to interact with this project? In what way can I best serve the people that you're putting in front of me? And it just shifts the, even the, the stress level of your day, the stress level of your family life. I know my, my marriage has greatly improved when I was able to stop looking at things with dollar signs and quantifying my worth based on how much I was making from a business. I am so glad to hear that, Chloe. That's awesome. Yeah. And that is a huge part of just maintaining that inner peace that God calls us to is letting him take care of what he's supposed to take care of. And that's something we talk about money in the course as well, because a lot of people feel like it's another, again, false dichotomy. I feel like in our culture, there's all these things that are set up as like, well, you're either this or you're this mm -hmm. and there's no middle ground. And so I think the the issue with money is another false dichotomy where it feels like it needs to be like you need to be a not for profit or you're going to just be this money grubber. And there's no like middle ground. But we talk about in the course that not only are your charisms gifts to serve the larger church, they're also gifts to serve your vocation. And right. so if you are a consecrated single person or maybe live in a religious community or something like that, then these charisms are things that you can give with a freedom that those of us that are married with children probably can't because we have very concrete financial needs for providing for the children that God given us. And God isn't like, oh, I'm going to send you children and then good luck. Like, <laughs> have fun. Like, I'm not going to help with keeping them alive. You know, <laughs> the charisms that we've been given as people that need to provide financially are to help us see how we are supposed to financially provide. So we should never feel like, you know, there's something wrong with us having to or needing money from our work. Right. No, that makes total sense. If listeners are interested, what does the sign up process for that class look like? When, when does it start? Where should they go to sign up for it? So our class is available year round. I know there's a lot of business classes that open and close and things like that. And I'm just not really into playing that game. If people need the help, <laughs> then you're able to enter anytime. But twice a year, we do go through it as a cohort. You'll have evergreen access to that. So if you sign up and then end up not working out for you to sort of quote unquote, take the class when we're going through it as a group, you can jump on the next one or and you can take it multiple times, whatever works for you, you'll have just constant access to it. So if you go to branding for the new evangelization.com, it'll take you to the page will gives you more information about the course. 
you know, sign up for the course there. We will be running it from January 14th, starting January 14th. And then over the course of the next six weeks, I will be in the Facebook group with you. I will be doing live uh, office hours every week where you can ask me personal questions. I can look at your website, things like that, where we can go through the process really together and talk about not only the discerning charisms, but also, okay, how do we take that information and actually apply it to a business and reach the right people? Those are all the kinds of questions that we'll really dig into as a course. And you'll have this great core of people going through it with you to be able to bounce ideas off of, get feedback from. It's just a really wonderful community. We have about 70 students in our community now that will just be added to when we add all of our new students in January. But again, you can sign up anytime. I love the community aspect of it when I was going through the course. It was so great to be able, because sometimes when you have a website, it's easy to get stuck in, nope, this is what my website looks like. This works for me. And then not be able to realize, but if I did this, it would be a little bit better. Or, but if I stepped out of my comfort zone here, it would help my ministry. And so to have a, a group of men and women taking the class with you who are going through those same things in that same process and to have a sounding board is incredibly helpful. Jill, the one question that I ask anyone who comes on the podcast to kind of wrap it up is, about the feminine genius. So for our conversation today, how do your charisms equip you uniquely to live out the feminine genius in your daily life? I think that the combination of creativity and leadership is just something that I I still am really in awe a lot of times of what I've been given, especially charism wise, because it brings me so much joy to live those out. I think that having the creativity temper, the leadership allows it to be a really uniquely feminine leadership that I have been equipped to provide that I really enjoy providing where there's sort of an emotional maturity, you know, aspect of things. But then there's also a large part of me that's focused on, okay, what do we need to get done? What do we need to do to move forward? And especially when we see everything that's going on in the church right now, the need for lay leadership, the need for all the charisms, absolutely. But I see specifically the need for lay leadership being something that's really just a deep call within the church because our leadership is really failing us in a lot of ways. The church herself is you know, never going to fail us. She's the bride of Christ. But the men and women in it can absolutely fail us in a lot of ways. We need to embrace what the Holy Spirit wants to give us to step up and sort of fulfill all the needs that we have in the church right now. So I'm just very humbled and excited at the opportunity that I have right now with what I've been given. And I also just so excited at what everyone around me has been given the unique ways that I see all of these people, especially within the the online business community, just embracing these gifts that are totally different than mine and just creating these very, very necessary things for the, our world right now. Jill, thank you so much for saying yes to living out the charisms that the Holy Spirit's placed in your life, whether that's through Pink Salt Riot or for Branded Beauty and helping other women and men just really discern where they're called to. And thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us as well. It was my pleasure, Chloe. I'm so happy that you asked me to come on. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. Head over to oldfashionedgirlblog.com where you can find the show notes for today's episode, including links to the charism inventory that Jill talked about today and links to Jill's business, Pink Salt Riot. Also, be sure to check out the next session of Jill's course, Branded Beauty.
You'll also find some affiliate links from our sponsor, Sock Religious, for today's episode. If you purchased some fun Catholic socks through that link, you'll be supporting Letters to Women at no additional cost to you. And those affiliate links help keep this blog and podcast running. As we head into the new year, I would love to hear what you think about Letters to Women and what you'd like to see in the upcoming year. So shoot me an email at chloe.linger at gmail.com. That's C-H-L-O-E dot L-A-N-G-R at gmail.com. And tell me what you think. If you have a few minutes, rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that other women can continue to find this resource. And that's all I have for today's episode. Know of my prayers and a very happy new year to you and yours. Until next time, be not afraid.